Hello and welcome to the Embodying Change podcast. This is Melissa Pitotti. We are here to change our experience of power, culture, and well-being in aid organizations. This is going to help us better meet the core humanitarian standard. Today, I'm really excited for you to hear me in conversation with Vauta Schmeitz from Prototype U. You can check out the show notes to learn more, but just to give you a teaser, I speak to him about how we can work in a way that gives us energy in this sector rather than drains our energy. He gives us some great questions to ask ourselves, like how do we design our morning routine? What makes a break a good break? We have different preferences. What task can we do first that will put us on good footing for the rest of the day? Uh, what are some life-centric ways that we can manage our calendar? He also gives a tip. It's a free work-enhancing way that has zero side effects that you can try today, my friends. And he talks about a groundbreaking process that he's been involved in to create a safe space to exchange ideas that is also a brave space to experiment with putting these ideas into practice that can make our work more life enriching. So my friends, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And here we go. All right. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Wouter Schmitz. Welcome, Wouter. Hey, Melissa. Great to be here. Great to be here. I'm so happy that you've agreed to come on the podcast. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Yuen Leborgne, um, who has uh, been working with me on some of my favorite ways to engage groups. In, I, we call it liberating structures. And he mm -hmm. introduced us because he'd also run into you. Um, and so maybe we have some things in common that we'd like to discuss. So I'd be curious if you'd like to, for our listeners, introduce yourself. Yeah, of course. So uh, thanks, Melissa, for uh, inviting me to the show. Uh, I'm uh, Wouter. Uh, I'm based in the Netherlands in The Hague. It's uh, very close to the sea, which I really love. Uh, the sea feels like my uh, second home. And uh, I, I try to go there at least, let's say, four times a week. And um, yeah, so I'm the founder of co-founder of uh, Prototype U. And what we do is uh, we have a service where we help employees thrive at work and, uh, and beyond. So we have programs, trainings, and the community where we help people change their relationship with work and also try to pivot, uh, let's say, uh, what work can be in our lives. So not only draining us, purely transactional, but that work can be something that enriches your life. And also, um, let's say, the narrative that happiness, health, and great work can reinforce each other rather than that they're mutually exclusive. So here to uh, yeah, change uh, the relationship with work but for the better for people and uh, love doing so. Yeah. What a fantastic reframe because a lot of people think there's kind of um, a mutual, mutually exclusive or a zero-sum game. Like you give to work and it takes away from your the rest of your life that the, there's this kind of pull, um, but you're looking at uh, designing the experience to work in a way that it's it's a mutually reinforcing 
it's a virtuous cycle, the work, if it's meaningful and it, you're engaging with it well, it can give you energy, it can add meaning, it can make life more enjoyable. So that's a fantastic reframe because I think a lot of people don't have that mindset yet. Um, before we, no, before and, and, we <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So sorry. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, just, just uh, that uh, I, I didn't have that mindset, let's say 10, 15 years ago. And for me, I need to have some experience myself and, and challenge my own uh, or challenge societal beliefs and uh, going from that scarcity mindset. It's like mm -hmm. say the one or the other towards more of an abundance mindset mm -hmm. uh, where at some point the irony is that if you take care of other important parts of your life, let's mm -hmm. say family, friends, your health, mm -hmm. uh, sports, play, mm -hmm. then you get to be more present and more energized at work as well. And um, um, at spending more hours at work, not always or often doesn't lead to more productivity. Mm -hmm. uh, being energized and happy uh, leads to uh, delivering your best work. And uh, if we can create that win-win in our society, then mm -hmm. that's a, uh, something to, uh, to work for. Oh, that's fantastic. I think that's quite important for people in professions that are not shift-oriented. So they can, for example, knowledge workers, people who are creators, they're writing, they're producing, they can work infinitely, right? They, their work can kind of bleed into their evenings and their lunch times and their weekends because uh, th they're using a lot of their brain power. And so this idea of um, building in time to cultivate your non-vocational hobbies, the things that you enjoy, you love going to the sea, you make a point to go to the sea, like reconnecting with other pieces. In the end, you spend less time at work, but you're more productive at work when you are there. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, so I used to feel guilty, let's say, when I only worked for four hours a day, but it was immensely productive. And I felt the need to recharge at the ocean, mm -hmm. for example, but I did mm -hmm. not because I mm -hmm. felt, hey, there's there's more hours to spend during mm -hmm. this workday. Mm -hmm. And what often happened is that at some point I just stared at my screen, but mm -hmm. nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so uh, sometimes spending less hours at work makes you uh, more productive the hours you do spend at work. Mm -hmm. If you uh, yeah, take care of yourself, your loved ones and the things that energize you. And uh, yeah, to tap into a point you uh, addressed earlier, it's especially for the type of work where you have a lot of autonomy and freedom on how to design your work days or how to mm -hmm. live your work days. Um, there's incredibly important to... Uh, specifically do so um so with creative knowledge work you can work 24 7 mm -hmm. if you want to we have the technology we have the async work we have the mm -hmm. let's say the connected world um but also for let's say work where uh, where you work in shifts mm -hmm. uh, you can for example specifically de design your morning routine so how do you start the day in an energized way um and within your shift, what can you do to remain energized? And mm -hmm. if you have a break, what makes a break a good break? Mm -hmm. uh, to ask yourself those questions mm -hmm. and, and design what you can do outside of work, mm -hmm. knowing very well that, of course, some mm -hmm. people have more possibilities yeah. to shape their work days than others. So, right. uh, yeah, to, to be frank about it, not everybody has the luxury to design every part of his or her work day. But yeah. uh, to a, a bigger or lesser extent, uh, there are dials, let's say, to turn where mm -hmm. you can uh, uh, create better work days uh, mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm.
Absolutely. As you're talking, I remember the last time you and I spoke and you talked about what makes a good break. And yeah. I had a friend who was visiting me and we were walking by um, where I live. There's a lake mm -hmm. and we were walking by the lake. And she said, if I were if I lived in this city, I would come to the lake during my lunch break. And, and do I, you. <laughs> and, and then I thought the next day I said, I'm going to try it. And it was so it was feeling like a mini vacation on your workday. But at the same time, as you said, some people aren't um, able, they don't have a lake or <laughs> yeah. um, I know some yeah. people, their managers are watching the clock. They only have a 30 minute lunch break. So I, I know some people to slip away like that might not be possible, but they could maybe slip, a, slip outside and read a book. I don't know. There, it depends on yeah. what, what gives them there. So, so, so I think, yeah, that, the idea to explore your options within the framework that you have, you can still find um, some pleasure or some rest or recuperation um, in different ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think uh, everybody has different constraints uh, on uh, how you can, uh, let's say, uh, design your work days or live your work days. But even if you have that half hour uh, mm -hmm. and you know, Let's say, I sometimes say walking is working. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, walking is one of the best ways to stay energized, to mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, so re-energize health mm -hmm. benefits, mm -hmm. it helps you stay focused. And mm -hmm. um, and there's actually zero side effects to it. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I, I often say the ultimate work enhancing drug with zero side effects. <laughs> And uh, um, also, let's say we are so accustomed to sitting behind our desks mm -hmm. and uh, uh, arranging Zoom calls, uh, <laughs> like the one that that we are recording this one in, in now. And and, uh, and and so also during these calls, we can choose to sit or to stand mm -hmm. or sometimes invite colleagues to hey, instead of having a. Uh, online call can we have a let's say traditional call where mm -hmm. we can have a walk while talking to each other or mm -hmm. meet each other somewhere mm -hmm. where we can walk side by side and mm -hmm. let's say uh, moving throughout the work day mm -hmm. if you have that possibility mm -hmm. is one of the main things that mm -hmm. uh, will help you stay energized and uh, in some work cultures it's really normal but mm -hmm. I also know um, and it always struck me as really weird that there was mm -hmm. this uh, organization I worked for where the managers didn't walk. They uh, they they just were at their office in their, at their desks. Mm -hmm. But the uh, non-managers they were allowed to walk, or it was normal that they were walking. So there was this certain class thingy, mm -hmm. and um, it didn't re really make sense to me because mm -hmm. on a human level, I mm -hmm. feel that we all benefit from walking. And um, I often ask this question to people: When are you most creative? And people say, uh, yeah, yeah, underneath the shower, uh, mm -hmm. when I'm well rested, after a couple of drinks, but not too many, mm -hmm. walking, cycling. And um, yeah, so if we get our best ideas when we're walking, uh, let's walk a bit more and consider yes. that also as uh, time spent well working rather than that it's something that you do on your own time. Absolutely. Before COVID, I would um, occasionally take walks with my manager because you usually have... Mm -hmm a weekly or a bi-weekly check-in and we do what we do a walk and talk because there is a park mm -hmm. nearby and we just do a couple loops. And so we'd have the same yeah, meeting, but we'd be talking and part of me doesn't like it because I want to have my notepad and I want to write down everything. 
<laughs> but then um, the quality of the conversation was up-leveled. It was a much yeah. better conversation. And then at the end of the day, you take from it without writing your notes, you take one or two things like, okay, next step is this. Get it, next step. <laughs> oh, no, that was bad. Okay, sorry. So I wanted to, I, I love, I was looking forward to talking to you, Valto, because you're, you're, you have a design thinking background. You're really innovating. Um, and so I was curious, what's exciting you these days? Yeah, so so what's exciting these days is um, yeah, so, so perhaps a little bit of backstory. So my my background's in innovation, uh, mm -hmm. let's say design thinking, lean agile practices, mm -hmm. uh, where it's all about uh, running experiments mm -hmm. uh, with uh, together with the people you're trying to serve. Mm -hmm. uh, so not thinking for them, but with them, and mm -hmm. uh, really testing what works in in practice, so that you know uh, how to design a certain solution and to move forward in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. And at some point, uh, uh, me and my co-founder, Christian, uh, thought about, hey, what if you'd apply those principles not only to making new products and services, but to apply those principles of running experiments to your own work experience? Mm. So what works for you? How do you stay energized throughout the day? What is the career you strive for? Mm -hmm. uh, so to really uh, help employees experiment towards their ideal uh, working uh, work experience and careers. And uh, what's really, so getting back to your question on what's uh, inspiring uh, me these days is uh, that we uh, this year st uh, started a community mm -hmm. uh, with what we, who we call explorers who challenge accepted norms about work. So mm -hmm. not accepting that things are the way they are, mm -hmm. but let's say there are different ways to look at work. There are different ways to relate to work. And let's see if we can help each other run experiments on what that can look like. Mm -hmm. Because what we feel at Prototype U is there's no one size fits all. It all right. depends on your work, your work mm -hmm. context, your own mm -hmm. personal preferences, pre yes. preferences, also perhaps how your team works. Mm -hmm. And um, what we are curious about within our community is to get all these perspectives together and help each other run experiments to see what could life-centric work look like. Mm -hmm. And life-centric work to us means Mm -hmm. work that enriches your life mm -hmm. but also taking account that there are way more things in life that make life meaningful mm -hmm. and that this can be a win-win so like you uh, said at the beginning of our chat mm -hmm. uh, rather than that it needs to be mutually exclusive and uh, yeah what uh, really uh, inspires me to have these um, yeah, uh, explorers in our community, mm. let's say, running these experiments and yes. yeah, getting back from them that they have these newfound insights and that they uh, have more energy throughout the work days that they can lead their team from a place of uh, autonomy and empowering leadership rather than command and control. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are just uh, lovely uh, feedback to get and to make a real difference on uh, something like work, which uh, has a profound impact on people's lives. Ah, uh, oh, that's so brilliant. I'm really interested in how communities are formed composed, um, creating psychological safety within. So you want an inclusive environment and you want people to feel safe to share. So they're 
it's already opening up yourself to vulnerability to try things outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> and, and so you, when your explorers come into this space and they're challenging accepted norms, I'm curious if the explorers are from the same industry or the same um, sphere or they're working from very different places. So the reason I ask this is because I've noticed in some of the communities that I've been part of, um, the people are in essence, competing for funds. They're in different okay, organizations, yeah. but they're competing for funds. So there's a bit of a reluctance to um, express all of the challenges they're having within their organizations mm -hmm. because they don't want to open yeah. up um, any kind of um, vulnerability to people that they see as competition. I'm curious, yeah. in your, your community, are people in such distinct niches that they don't feel this kind of competitive edge or that it doesn't really matter uh, uh, yeah, so so both actually, uh, because uh, they come from all over the world actually, which makes it really interesting because uh, yeah, people from all different cultures, and uh, so from the states, uh, South America, uh, Europe, uh, but also uh, Asia, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, what we um, express, uh, let's say, when people are curious about the community that we have some let's say uh, values core values where we mm. work from and curiosity is one of them having mm. an open mind that mm -hmm. your perspective is not the only perspective out there uh, and that there are more ways of looking at a certain solution it doesn't mean we have to agree with each other uh, so it's this melting pot of where we agreed with each other to mm. disagree so to speak so to encourage each other to have these different perspectives mm. and since there are a lot of different industries a lot of different niches different types of roles mm -hmm. so we don't meet each other as hey you're the manager in organization x and you're an employee in organization uh, y uh, no, we're entering there in the community as explorers who mm. agree with each other that we're going to help each other create mm. personalized work experiences that mm -hmm. work for you. Oh, good. And since it's not directly related to mm -hmm. the actual output of your work, so mm -hmm. uh, for, in, in your case, let's say uh, fighting mm -hmm. for funds or mm -hmm. competing for funds, mm -hmm. it's more about how can we help each other uh, get the best out of work and life mm -hmm. and do that in harmony with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then as lastly, what, what I've always found interesting that we call things a safe space, which is really great. Mm -hmm. And I often want to take it a step further. Let's mm -hmm. not, let's say, go for a safe space, but take yeah. it further towards a brave space. Right. Uh, a safe space is, is a space where you could, let's say, exchange ideas and feel free to do so. And a brave space is one mm -hmm. where you actually take the leap towards taking, doing experiments and trying stuff. And uh, it's more, let's say, active, uh, active vibe to it. Uh, I think this is really good because communities that last are communities that see progress, and yeah. you can't you can't see progress without action. And there's a lot of learning that's happening, but if it's not applied, and it's through action, um, a lot of people I've seen get really frustrated. So this, I, this cycle of sharing uh, insights and then applying them in your daily experience yeah. and then seeing the impact has a nice way of edging people closer to where they'd like to be and they see the progress and they want to come back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, most definitely. So, so taking small actions 
not mm-hmm. not let's say uh wanting to climb that mountain uh, mm-hmm. all at once but let's yes. say short journeys small steps where you can tangibly see the progress mm-hmm. and then let's say when you've taken a couple of steps reflect on it is this the way i want to go what did i learn from it and then uh be energized to take the next steps and uh you so, uh, often people think let's say before getting into action first i need to be inspired and from this inspiration i get motivation and because i get this motivation i will get into action but actually it's often the other way around so first take a couple of steps uh, take a couple more you get motivated and after the motivation it's getting into your system and then after a while you're like inspired but whoa the the (laughs) amount of distance i traveled the let's say the experiments i did and uh, it's good to have these conversations and to talk but at some point the energy comes from taking steps in the real world and mm-hmm. seeing how it helps you and how it helps others to mm-hmm. in our case have better work experiences that uh, align to the life they want to live absolutely i'm curious i bet you have a lot of people in your world who come to you and ask you for advice um what's the number one question people have been asking you um hmm I'm I'm not sure if there's one question. Um, yeah, so re- recently we started, or recently, let's say, uh, uh, we started coining the term a life-centric work. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are, are hey, uh, mm-hmm. that sounds great. So so what does it mean? <laughs> and so I, I I just I just but but more from a hey uh, life-centric work versus work-centric life. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a work-centric life where work takes up the better part of your life and mm-hmm. you're drained in all the other areas that mm-hmm. actually also make life worth living. So mm-hmm. family, friends, not being able to exercise, mm-hmm. perhaps you're uh, giving up some time to sleep uh, in order to uh, work or you can, you have all these thoughts racing through your mind because show, uh, and, and I can imagine that this is definitely the case for human humanitarians that there are so, let's say, mission driven. They want to make a contribution mm-hmm. uh, for our world that it never stops and mm. it's never done. Mm. Um, so the life-centric work part is, uh, it isn't about that things are not supposed to be hard or difficult. Mm. It's about acknowledging that there are more parts going on in your life. And if you also give oxygen to those parts mm. of your life, that mm. you're actually uh, better equipped to sustainably deliver that mm. value within your work. So life-centric work is about, let's say, recognizing that uh, that work can enrich your life, but at the same time, there's other parts of your life that are really important mm. and uh, help you to be uh, better at the time you are working. Um, so, uh, uh, and the interesting part of what life center work to me is that it can mean something different to different people. For some people, mm-hmm. work plays a really big role in life. And for other people, it's less important. Uh, and uh, there's this culture influences. So just having these discussions about what kind of role want you to have work play in your life and mm-hmm. how can you design that that it works for you and mm-hmm. for your team of course and for your mm-hmm. family and friends because the concept of life-centric work to me it's not a selfish concept of okay it needs to work for me and if i'm happy then that's it <laughs> but it's also about the work you're doing how does it impact others how does it impact uh, your partner your kids your uh, the people you're trying to serve and 
So it's the life part of it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty broad. Uh, so it's your own life, but also the lives of other living beings, of course, that are impacted by the work you do. Uh, that's really good to think about the impact on others. Um, there's a book called Drop the Ball that my sister recommended to me, um, which right. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that <laughs> the, the, premise, <laughs> the premise is delegate and ask other people to do things. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Especially if she gave it to me because we are mothers of young children. So it's like, ask your husband to do more, ask your community to do more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Delegation is really important and maybe our colleagues are overwhelmed as well. So it's kind of like when we're redesigning our life, our work to be life centric, um, hopefully the people around us, when, when they might get delegated some of those tasks from us, they can also figure out how to have a life centric work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, 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 I'm very passionate about humanitarians, people in the humanitarian mm -hmm. work. Um, they do such important work. Um, of course, people are saving lives, but they're also people who are um, contributing in other ways to basically relieve suffering in the world. And I've noticed that a lot of humanitarians, especially now, are feeling quite overwhelmed um, they might come into the work day with a plan, a to-do list, so to speak, and barely get started when things come up that are not planned um, yeah. or they get stuck uh, on one task because they need a lot of other people to be involved or they need to navigate a tricky system. So um, a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed and they don't feel control um, and they don't know how to get on top of things or feel less overwhelmed. And so I'm curious what tips you might have for humanitarians um, to try to design their work day and feel at the end of the day, oh, I feel, I feel satisfied. I think I made good progress today. I feel present, I feel productive, but I think I can switch off now and uh, go enjoy my family or, enjoy yeah, a, book, yeah. a book or go out by the sea or these things. Um, do you have any <laughs> tips or like where to start? Yeah. So, so I, I can imagine that let's say humanitarian, humanitarian work, there's lots of different types of work in there, lots of different types of work contacts, uh, contact uh, situations. Uh, and um, um, what, yeah, a couple of things that come to mind. So uh, uh, to have a really clear morning routine on what helps you to start the day uh, in the right way. And mm -hmm. um, let's say, is that a yoga practice, some reading work, perhaps uh, not starting right away with your uh, with your phone, mm -hmm. uh, have a short walk, uh, perhaps a certain time with breakfast and your partner or with your kids. Mm -hmm. um, is there something that starts your day uh, in the right way? Uh, mm -hmm. Because uh, if you don't have that, then sometimes that uh, energy, uh, yeah, you start on low energy and it's, it's really difficult during the day to change that. Um, scheduling breaks and keeping each other accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, especially, I, I can imagine humanitarian work is never done. There's mm -hmm. always more work to do. Yes. Uh, so that makes it even more important to schedule those breaks. And 
um, yeah, you have the saying, or your, your own oxygen oxygen mask first, and mm -hmm. then of the other. So keep in mind that uh, that don't feel guilty over breaks or mm -hmm. over, let's say, going home and re-energizing with your family and friends mm -hmm. and other parts of your life. But to know that it actually helps you to sustainably de deliver that value towards the people you're trying to serve. Mm -hmm. um, and don't burn up and don't burn out uh, mm -hmm. because at, at that at, when, when you're crossing that point then uh, uh, that's that's very sad for yourself and very hard uh, mm -hmm. and also leads to not being able to help the people you're actually trying to help mm -hmm. um, yeah so the moving part throughout the day um, uh, scheduling other activities and prioritizing them for your own happiness and health Mm -hmm. and um, knowing that it actually can reinforce uh, your work. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to feel fulfilled, you have also this principle of uh, eat that frog or swallow that frog, which is, oh. which is about start with the most difficult task first oh. and or the one you feel like, I'm really not looking forward to doing this one. And once you've completed that during the first part of your day, it actually uh, releases a lot of positive energy. Okay, I've done this. I yeah. uh, achieved something already. I'm. Uh, it, it really changed the emotional side of how you perceive the day and how you perceive yourself uh, so that the other tasks get easier and easier. And you yeah. can be happy that you've done one big thing during the day uh -huh. that really has contributed something. And mm. uh, this can lead to a sense of fulfillment mm -hmm. where, um, yeah, perhaps also, um, and this is perhaps for me talking to a mirror, let's say a lot of things I say, <laughs> I can practice a little bit better myself as well. Uh, I can also feel, let's say, unfulfilled or I should have done more or mm. I plan too optimistically. Yes. Uh, in general, human beings are really optimistical planners. Uh, so <laughs> we tend to underestimate the yes. time uh, a certain job takes, certain type of work takes. And and we tend to plan our calendars completely full. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also un uh, uh, unexpected events. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would say three more things. And perhaps then it's quite enough already. But let's say uh, plan for um, time, uh, plan for unexpected events. Mm -hmm. uh, so that you have time uh, for... Uh, other activities plan for plan your activities at least one and a half times to two times to take as long than mm. you uh, anticipate them to take yes uh, so you don't get disappointed that it takes longer th that you don't get to complete everything so mm -hmm. uh, multiply by two uh, mm -hmm. in your planning and uh, if possible and try to keep each, each other accountable as colleagues mm -hmm. to plan uh, blocks of uninterrupted work uh, so mm. if it makes sense for your work to mm -hmm. that you need to get uh, shit done, so to speak, yes. Um, type for deep work, two to three hours uninterrupted work. Yes. So no calls, mm -hmm. no meetings. Mm -hmm. Give each other time to do the real work yeah. instead of go, uh, rushing from meeting to meeting and and uh, uh, keep interrupting each other. Oh, yes. Yeah. So much, so much so. gold here. <laughs> so much gold. Let's start with scheduling breaks. I actually, uh, after my burnout, I put in my calendar, I called it me time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I me put, time. yeah, I put blocks of, I called it me time. And I actually never showed up for me time. I always did other things. And I think it relates to the point you brought up earlier. Sometimes you feel guilty 
if you're not putting in more than X amount of work or you're behind schedule because you planned it would be only taking one hour instead of two hours. Um, yeah. So how do you, have you seen that where people would schedule a break and then they just immediately, um, how would you say that? You, you, you intend to show up and you tend to break for yourself, but then let other th priorities get in the way. Yeah, you end up not having that break, not taking that break. And then you feel worse because, oh, I was supposed to have time for a break, but I didn't. Is there is that another mindset reframe that has to happen? Or what do you think? Yeah, so so I think uh, for life-centered work or the things we do, it's not black and white. It's not mm -hmm. the one thing or the other. So it, it's a balancing. Life is a balancing act, so to speak. And sometimes mm -hmm. it makes sense to... Uh, to skip a break uh, where you've uh, scheduled it. Mm -hmm. uh, but if that becomes systemic, if that becomes structural, that you notice that every time you've scheduled that break, you're not taking that break, then it becomes something else. Then uh, it, it means that you're not uh, allowing yourself mm -hmm. uh, to have those breaks. And so if you miss one break, yes. uh, by all means, don't feel guilty. Sometimes yes. it's it's there's a reason to break the rules uh, in mm -hmm. a certain situation sometimes. But if that's all the time, mm -hmm. then it might mean that uh, there's room for yourself to allow yourself to have more breaks. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps this again has to do with the mindset of, of, yeah, but there's so much work to do and my colleagues depend on me. Mm -hmm. The people I'm trying to serve depend on me. Mm -hmm. um, and then let's say this mindset shift is about, okay, but I can, let's say, service them in the long run if mm -hmm. I'm having my breaks and if my colleagues are having their breaks so that we all uh, remain energized and don't mm -hmm. burn up. And uh, yes. so it's a good thing when we uh, help each other have breaks because yes. that will improve our work, yes. not only now, but also in the long run. Right. So maybe you could say to your best friend at work, hey, let's go for a walk together. And then you it's kind of like your break accountability buddy. Yeah, definitely. Break, break accountability, buddy. Love that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so what we also sometimes see, uh, so there are different types of people, uh, let's say introverted people, extroverted mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Some people love in their breaks to be around people. Some people, they're exhausted by, uh, even if you're a social introvert, uh, to that the breaks are really lovely to be, not be around people. So yeah. if you have a break accountability, buddy, you can also say, hey, let's let's go together. Or you can say, hey, let's go for a walk and let's walk uh, alone together, so to speak, that uh, you have your own time and, yeah. uh, and not feel guilty to be not not be around people for, let's say, so don't feel obliged to be around colleagues during your break if you really have the need to be on your in your own company. Thank you for pointing that out because I am an introvert and I need to be, um, I, I can sit next to someone and we can read together but I need to um, not talk for, I yeah. need to have, that's why when I, when I was in my burnout, I, I really like going to the dentist because no one mm -hmm. can talk to me or ask me for a favor. <laughs> no one could require something of me. My, none of my children, not my colleagues. I could just be there. <laughs> so I, I am glad you brought that up. So people who want to take a break, but they're, getting energy by being alone, they could figure out ways yeah. to do that so that they, because it is an energy 
management question. And I love this idea of eat the frog because I find myself often procrastinating working. This is where I do Yeah. tasks that are, Yeah. I know the, the frog is there, but I'm like, I, that's going to take me some, that's, com that's pretty complicated and it's going to take some brain, deep brain work there. I'll just send some emails <laughs> instead. So I like the, the procrastinate and I absolutely 100% have experienced this idea that we underestimate the time things take and our calendars are full. So I, I write a lot of report, reports and I find they take a lot longer than I want to Yeah. do. And I don't have time to write them. So I end up, the only time I can do it is in the night or the weekend, which I don't want to do. So then they Yeah. get delayed Yeah. and delayed and delayed. So I really like this idea to make sure you have lots of uninterrupted work time where you're not distracted. If you need to do things that require your full and undivided attention, you will be able to get things done faster that way. Definitely. And, and returning to that point of completely uh, filling uh, your, your calendar, your agenda is, is something that's the often I see in more traditional organizations done by management that say, hey, you have uh, one hour left here, you have an hour there, uh, left over there, and uh, let's have a meeting there again, or there's some room for extra work. Uh, but what actually is the case is that once you fill up your own work system until 90%, 100%, or sometimes 120% capacity, then the system uh, gets to a halt and you actually get less and less done. So the irony is by scheduling less work until, let's say, 60% capacity, that allows you to do that 60% in a good way. And then the remaining 40% that will fill itself up with, uh, with, with other requests or things that turn out to take longer than expected. So don't feel guilty if, let's say, your week isn't fully booked already, if there's only 60% booked or 60% planned, because uh, that will mean that at the end of the week, there's a way higher uh, chance and reliability of you having your work done that you intended to do towards your, the people you wish to serve and your colleagues. And um, uh, so for me personally, the work that I do, uh, I schedule, uh, I have pretty dy dynamic work environment. So, but I only schedule 40% of my time and the remainder of my time is for uh, things that my energy go to that uh, are unexpected, that take longer. And, um, uh, but also for me, sometimes it's still difficult that I feel like, hmm, should I do more? Should I plan more? And uh, that's an ongoing, uh, that's an ongoing challenge. <laughs> Yes, I can relate. So some of uh, some of my colleagues in the humanitarian sector have reached a point where they've tried to make it work and they're seeing the clock is ticking, life is short, and they're feeling maybe this just this work is not for me. I maybe I should quit and try something completely different or go into a different Um, go back, if they're working internationally, go back home, try something to work in my own community, or maybe if I'm a humanitarian, maybe I should go into teaching or finance or whatever, um, because they might feel a little bit underappreciated or they don't, just don't see results. Like, they feel they lack impact in their current work. So I'm curious from this life-centric work approach, what advice you would give to people who are thinking, I, I wanted to improve my current work situation, but I don't think I can. 
Um, maybe I should start something different. Uh, do you have any suggestions for people who are thinking about that? Yeah, yeah, of course, it's very sad for people who are so uh, mission driven and trying to do good in the world to feel lost or feel like I'm not making a difference mm -hmm. while I'm working so hard. I don't see the results. And uh, um, um, yeah, a couple of things come to mind. So um, I always try to work for my circle of influence. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that I can control? Mm -hmm. And what are the things I cannot control mm -hmm. and try to focus on what you can do. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that is the work you put in. So mm -hmm. if the work you put in aligns to your vision and values mm -hmm. and is there to, to make a difference, that mm -hmm. is the part you can already be proud of. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, having those results, uh, seeing tangible results is uh is great and is in the end the thing you're trying to achieve but it's not always within your circle of influence because you work together with a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, external events can happen that make it difficult mm -hmm. um so trying to focus on the things you're doing mm -hmm. right so doing the right things rather than only the achievements you're trying to accomplish and of course if you're achieving great things um that's uh that, that's awesome uh but to try to get the joy out of doing the work uh mm -hmm. and um to share that appreciation mm -hmm. with your colleagues mm -hmm. uh, let them know that they're making a difference just mm -hmm. because they are doing the work mm -hmm. um and uh, what it means to each other so seeing each other doing the work and try to uh, have a shared mission to work mm -hmm. is really uh, energizing mm -hmm. um, but of course to uh, to share it with with one another is, is, is another thing and um, yeah lastly if you feel safe enough mm -hmm. um, discuss what you need uh, with your manager or mm -hmm. with your co-workers so mm -hmm. what do you need to stay engaged mm -hmm. and healthy what do you mm -hmm. need mm -hmm. that you feel that you are making a difference mm -hmm. uh, to stay encouraged and uh, and healthy and uh, uh, yeah, and of course, uh, there might be situations that you're a humanitarian and that you feel that you want to take a different career direction. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, from my perspective also, mm -hmm. of course, also fine if, if that's for the reasons of mm -hmm. I want to serve different people in a different mm -hmm. way. I want to make mm -hmm. a difference in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, but if there are ways to, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, spend your work days in a more healthy and happy way mm -hmm. and if there's still dials to turn to focus yeah. on your own circle of influence and helping your colleagues with that uh, then of course it would be a shame uh, if you're really passionate about that that yeah. uh, to to miss those opportunities absolutely I, as you're talking about that i was thinking of um, a recent uh, event that we held in my organization we're holding a, a chs revision workshop in geneva that I was part of, but there are several around the world. Mm -hmm. And it's such a fulfilling um, experience because you're, there's a community of humanitarians coming around a core humanitarian standard and we're trying to strengthen the standard. And I, people left the event saying, I feel so connected. Sometimes I feel mm -hmm. quite lonely in my organization. I'm the only one really thinking about this a lot. So to be connected with other people, to work toward a common cause, to be in community, to feel we're making progress, we're strengthening something that already exists, and to to leave feeling heard, 
uh, feeling like I've made a contribution and just running that uh, engagement with my colleagues was something that it was not easy. It was challenging, but it was something you could feel proud of at the end and you could get pleasure just from the being in the moment. Definitely. Yeah. Be, being present. And uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's also a fair addition to make to, let's say when we're in our heads and we're thinking about, are we making this difference? We're, and when we think we're often in the past or in the future or at a different place rather than in the moments, um, appreciating your work that you're doing, appreciating the people you're spending time with. And um, yeah, so being being more present also uh, makes up for a big part of that equation. Uh, I think so, yeah. Brilliant. Father, we're ending the the conversation slowly slowly because i look at the time time but, flies but, you when know time we fun. could just talk forever i i have so much i want to ask <laughs> you um i was recently looking at your newsletter um i was really intrigued by the work that you're doing with these experiments in your life centric it's you have a lab for life centric work um, yeah. So I'm, so I just love to end the conversation. If you'd like to give a tease out to our listeners, if they would like to learn more about you, if they'd like to get involved in your work, um, is there anything you'd like to say about the lab or um, ways that they can learn more? Uh, yeah, of course, naturally. Yeah. So, so the, the lab that we are running, it's a community lab where mm -hmm. uh, our, our members, we call them, uh, we call each other explorers mm -hmm. of life-centric work. Uh, mm -hmm. We're helping each other run experiments mm -hmm. to help people thrive at work and beyond. So mm -hmm. to change that narrative of work. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this diverse group of people, explorers, who are running all these different experiments. So we have a member who tests and implements practices that contribute to our well-being. Mm -hmm. um, we have another one, a member, uh, explorer, who's exploring, let's say, um, uh, why are we mostly training our cognitive abilities in the workplace and why not our feeling abilities uh, since we humans are uh, so how is what's the relationship between feeling and our cognitive abilities so it's more let's say different type of research mm -hmm. and um, yeah another explorer that comes to mind <clears throat> is uh, yeah it's about that nine to five work mindset and he mm -hmm. says I know it's not beneficial it's not helping me but still, I feel guilty that mm. uh, when I don't work nine to five, I still feel mm. guilty. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that it's not the best way to go. So how can I change that? And why why does it happen? And how can I change that? So, um, and this afternoon, by the way, uh, so uh, as you know, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> it's And, and perhaps it, it also relates to the conversation we had in some way. It's this uh -huh. a conversation about uh, in the workplace, when to let go of certain things and when to persevere right um so uh if things get really hard uh, so what's the point that it also is okay to let go yes. or to take a different road and what are the good sides to letting go and what yes. are the good things to persevere because right. there's so much going around uh in a society that's about you need to persevere all the time but sometimes there's also really good things about letting go and making space for new things and right. Um, so that's a conversation we're having this afternoon in our uh, community oh, lab. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 so if you uh, are curious to learn more, um, mm -hmm. then uh, you can can connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I, I'm not sure, Melissa. Will there be some contact details at the yeah, end? Yeah, I can put with, some in uh, the show notes. I can have that 
there in the show notes. Yes. Ah, great. Yeah. So you can correct me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'm very yeah. active on there. Also okay. sharing uh, perspectives on life-centric work in our community. Uh -huh. uh, you can email me at, uh, uh, at Bouter at prototypeview.nl mm -hmm. or, uh, or visit our community page mm -hmm. at uh, mm -hmm. prototypeview.nl slash community. And um, I think that, that those are a couple of ways where uh, you could reach out if you'd like. Well, Wouter, I have been taking notes because I, I love to take notes and we'll definitely have some show notes for the listeners so they can reach out to you. Right. But every time I talk to you, there are little golden nuggets that I apply. And oh, that's so, great to hear. Lovely to hear. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I really encourage our listeners to give some of these ideas a try and notice the impact it has in adding a bit of serenity or equanimity or a sense of fulfillment, you know, in, in terms of creating a work experience that's nurturing and energizing your whole life. It's not taking away, but it's reinforcing. Um, and I think that approach, that mindset reframe can really help um, so much of us who are doing quite um, difficult work, a meaningful, very, very um, intentional, purposeful work. Um, but in order to sustain it over the long haul, we need to be investing in these approaches um, to make it, it's a win, win, win. It's good for us as people. It's good for our colleagues and it's good for the people we serve. So thank you so much, Wouter. I encourage everyone to check out his work. I'm really inspired by it and I think you will be too. Thanks, Wouter. And please stay in touch. Thanks, yeah, thanks. And I've also taken notes on your very lovely summary because the way you word it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of that summary. So uh, thanks please, for that. Please, it's all for you. <laughs> it's, it's out there for everyone. We just want, yes. ultimately, what my dream is in 10, 15 years, we will be able to show that um, our community has much less experience of burnout. If we can get rid of burnout, that would be terrific. But I would like to say that Burnout as a result of chronic unmanaged stress, um, it doesn't have to be there if we can change our mindset, if we can change our daily habits, and if we can learn from each other, share capacity, and as you were saying, kind of keep each other on track with some accountability. Um, it doesn't, we don't have to use the word accountability. It could be you have peer support and peer pressure, but this idea support of- systems. Yeah, yeah to, to have a peer support system where we don't have to reinvent the wheel, we can learn from each other, encourage each other, and um, set good role model for the next generation to come. Um, I think with all that is happening in the workforce, um, we, we're going to need we're going to need that. So thanks a lot, Wouter. Please uh, get in touch with him and follow him, and and I'm going to be following him. Um, and have a fantastic meeting this afternoon. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, we'll keep you posted. And uh, thanks, Melissa, for uh, being on this podcast. And uh, you have a very important uh, mission to contribute to. So uh, best of luck, uh, that and appreciate uh, the work. So keep up the good work. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Melissa Pittati in conversation with Bauta Schbeitz. I want to thank him for sharing his time and insights. It's true, every time I talk to him, I take some tidbits and actually apply it in my day and it makes my day better. So I hope you can try some as well. A big thanks as well to our editors, Ziada Abaid, to the CHS Alliance members 
and to everyone who's been contributing to our work. We'll soon be back with another episode exploring embodying change. Till then, take care and be compassionate with yourself.